Welcome to La Casa Blanca Podcast. I'm your host, B, here with O. The day after a very disappointing loss where Real Madrid dropped all three points when easily could have at least gotten out of there with a point. Um, just probably the worst match that I can remember in my head. That being said, I tweeted that and someone said, that's not even close, but it's all relative. You know, when we lost Cristiano Ronaldo, we might have played worse at certain times, but like we didn't really expect to be doing that well. Like we're supposed to be top of the league. We're the reigning UCL champions. We have a better squad now than we did then, even though we were reigning champions then. It was just ugly. It was a very ugly game. And. Other than that, oh, how are we doing today? I mean, today, um, almost almost 24 hours after the game, I feel better, but not good. Not good. Just not good. Um, it was a rough game. It's actually been a rough, <laughs> rough couple of weeks as a Real Madrid fan. Almost it a month. It's, like it's almost been like a month of games that have just been. Yeah, brutal. it's it's ever ever since the international break, we haven't been the same. Um, it's it's rough. It's 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 a really tough period as a Real Madrid fan. It's funny because a month ago we had an we were unbeaten, not a single loss, and now. We lost, <laughs> lost twice in two and, weeks. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's just it's it, it, it hasn't been easy at all. Yeah, and you know something that has really resonated with me is, you know, at the beginning of the season we still had that comeback mentality that we kind of rolled over from last season, and like it kind of just disappeared. You know, like. At any point last night, I, I really, even after the first goal, I, I really did not have the confidence that we were going to come back and win the game. Despite if you go check my betting log, me having faith in the team, you know, you in the back of my mind, it wasn't like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be a dub, you know, just because the team was so unconvincing. It's it's interesting because. I just there was I don't know why, but when our players came back from the international break, they weren't the same. They didn't play the same. They didn't act the same. They didn't. They were completely different players, different mindset, different everything. And maybe it's just it has something to do with the World Cup. They went and played with the, their national teams, and in their heads, they're still playing with their national teams. They're still stuck because they know, um, you know, in, in a couple of weeks they're going to be in Qatar playing the World Cup, and for so many players like Rodrigo and Vinicius and Fede Valverde, they're going to be they're going to be playing their first World Cup. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe in their players' heads they're just they're just so they're just so focused on the World Cup that well they're really not. Um, they can't get their heads in the game with Real Madrid at the moment. Maybe that's yeah. it. And I just want to say, you know, the epitome of that is, 
you know, when we look at our players' Instagram posts before, you know, UCL games or any game, they're usually like getting ready for the week, you know, getting ready for the big clash, hashtag UCL, or, you know, have Ryo on the weekend. But we literally saw Vinicius post a drawing of him as like a little kid wearing a Vinny Jr. shirt staring at, you know, the World Cup trophy literally hours before we're supposed to play. You couldn't have saved that till literally after the Cotties game. It's it's interesting, um, and I mean, it's it's, it's kind of hard to. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It's not like their captain is <laughs> doing any better. Right? Yeah, it, monkey see, coming- monkey do. You know, yeah. So when when the captain of your club is taking a back seat, not even trading with the squad, um, not not getting called up, not not playing because he wants to be ready for the World Cup. It's not. It's not the. Um, it's not the best example that you. Um, because because when your captain is not, it's not even bothered by the club with the team, he's just he's thinking about the World Cup and, and and his national team. Then you know you as a young player like Vinicius or a young player like Camavinga or uh, Rodrigo, you're gonna be like, well, if he's not if he's not 100 percent um, in uh, in the mindset that he wants to play for the club, he just wants to play for the national team. Then why why should I care, right? Mm-hmm. Because a captain is, is well, they say that a captain leads by example. Yeah. Like a captain doesn't tell you to do something. A captain doesn't order you to do something. The captain does something. And so you do the same. You learn from the captain that, that that's something that that's what you should do, right? But what but, so what Benzem is doing is he's just taking a back seat and not playing, right? He's he's delegating. He's not he's He's not, he's not he's technically not a captain at the moment. Like I wouldn't say he's a captain. Um, no, because because he's not he's not he's not giving giving our players guidance. He's not he's not on the pitch. Our captain is not on a, our captain is refusing to play. So you know the the players are distracted and whatever is happening with Benzema, I'm sure it's not helping. So like I just I'm. I can't, I I don't know if blaming these players is the way to go because, like I said, they're just they're young. They're focused on the World Cup, and like I just said, their captain is not even interested in playing with the club. Why should they? Right? Why yeah. Why should they? Yeah, and you know, I was listening to the Manning's Madrid post game before I even listened. You know, before we did this. Um, and I thought you, you and McTeer made a f- good point. Who's an athletic fan who writes for Manning to Madrid? But you know, he had said that. You know, if Benzema, he was like, "Well, I think we actually need to question what's going on with Benzema right now." You know, and everyone on Manning Madrid, Lucas, Keanu, have been like, "Well, you know, it's Benzema, just World Cup, yada yada yada," and like, fuck that. First off, and Ewan, the non-Real Madrid fan is saying you should be questioning what Benzema is doing. Completely, the only person that is an outsider looking in. 
is saying that and he's like you know you're the you know you are watching your team drop points and he's like i feel like you have to play against Cadiz. but again he's like was it really the right time for you to come on five nil against celtic was that really the best game for you not only that he's like there's no injury report you know if he was actually injured there would be an injury report like no he's just saying he's uncomfortable he's like that's all they're reporting is that he's uncomfortable and i think it is our right as fans and our duty to start questioning that. And I personally, I don't think he deserves the captain's armband anymore. I know we have the whole hierarchy thing here. He's been here the longest. You know, all he's done for the club. To me, if this was another club and he was the captain of said club, and, you know, you're, you, if you are looking at your captain, he's just sitting out. And, like, if I'm David Alaba and I'm not going to a World Cup, I'm be like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, that's me. Like, that's what I would say. I know David Alaba isn't like that. But if it was me, I'd be like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, he he's our leader and this is what he's doing. This is how he's leading us. He's leaving us out to dry as we drop points. You know, Rodrigo's out here fucking missing sitters in the fucking game. And, like, you know, I know all of his chances aren't easy. But, you know, he had three legitimate chances around the six-yard box and none of them are easy. But, like, I don't even think he put a single one on target. At least put it on target. At least make the goalie make a save, you know. Um you know, if I'm on the team and not everyone's going to the World Cup, not every single person is going, not every single person is looking towards the World Cup. But I think, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say Fede Valverde is looking towards the World Cup because, you know, what, I haven't seen the difference in Fede Valverde's play. You know, I can't even say really that Vinicius is looking towards the World Cup because if Vinny was looking towards the World Cup, I don't think he would be acting the way he was yesterday if he was looking towards the World Cup. You know what I'm saying? But like, Lead by example, as you said. You're the captain of this team. There's certain things you got to do to make the team better. And, you know, it, like I said in the past, it's one thing if the team wasn't dropping points, but we just were consistently dropping points without Benzema. Um, and, you know, a bigger miss than Benzema today was actually, or yesterday was actually Tony Cruz. And I don't even want to get into that yet, but we're missing two mainstays through the three P and mainstays in last year's UCL. And we can't beat Ryo, who's a really good team, but the whole team was flat. And, you know, any other thoughts to anything I said? So, for Benzema, he should have told at least told the club that, you know, he if, if he's not 100% fit, that he's going to set out for the World Cup to be fit. Because it, had he said that, maybe would have we would have signed a striker. Had he said that earlier, maybe just maybe if if he was clear about his plans because of the World Cup, maybe we sh we would have gone harder for Erling Holland. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but we went into this season knowing that we one we have the best player in the world. We have a ball. We have a future Ballon d'Or winner. When we went into the club, into the into the season at the start, we knew that he was going to win the world, uh, the Ballon d'Or. So we, we knew we had a Ballon d'Or winner. We knew we had a captain we can trust. Uh, we can trust and who a player who plays every single possible minute, even if he's injured, even if he's not one hundred percent fit. And that is why so many backups left Real Madrid because Benzema plays every single minute. He refuses to get subbed off. He wants to play every 
single game, even if he's not one hundred percent fit, even if he's even if he's if he's injured, he rushes he rushes himself back in because he wants to play, right? Because he wants to be the best player in the world. That's why he plays every single game and he gives no one else a chance, right? That's the Benzema who we thought we're gonna have at the we're gonna have this season, right? But no, what Benzema did is well, he felt uncomfortable. He he felt discomforts, and then he was like, "Well, I'm not gonna risk it. I want to play in the World Cup. I'm just gonna sit out." And the team com- the team comes in j- just burn, right? So I feel like Benzema tricked the club. Yeah, I hear people blaming Florentino Perez for not signing a striker for uh, a backup for Benzema, but it's not like when we, we when we do sign a striker, that striker plays, right? And there's absolutely no one who would take who would want to play second fiddle to Benzema, who, like I said, you would just expect him to play every single minute because that's what Benzema does and that's what Benzema wants. And when you say that statement to those fans, they never have a rebuttal, never, ever. When they say, oh, Florentino should have signed striker, and you're just like, okay, well, who did you want Florentino to sign? Dzeko. Why would Dzeko leave Inter where he plays a good amount of footy to come play here? In what world does that make any sense for Dzeko to come here? What, Dzeko is just going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay playing, you know, 10 minutes every 20 games? No. Like you could, like anyone could have predicted Benzema, who really hasn't been that injury prone throughout his career, is going to just have insane injuries right now and that's another reason i'm sitting here like yeah he's probably not actually injured is because looking at benzema's injury history it's not a very long list yeah i mean benzema's injury <laughs> it's funny because benzema's injuries started um compiling and you know getting more often is when he started playing the national team back in 20. 20- I think back in 2020, that's when his injuries started um, getting more frequent. Um, and when he joined the national team, when he played in the, in the Euros, he started getting so many um, muscle injuries. And that's what that's what we're being told, right? He has muscle fatigue. Um, but if you have muscle fatigue, it, it, it only takes like five days of rest. Maybe even less if you're a professional athlete who play, you know, who who trains in the gym, who who. Oh, I, I'm I'm not, um, I'm not a doctor, but I, I, muscle fatigue is not really that serious. All you just need, all you need is rest, a few days of rest, and you'll be just fine. That's what I, that's my guess. But it's been two weeks, and Benzema's nowhere to be seen. Plus and treatment. You need treatment as well, which he has some of the best athletic trainers in the world treating his muscles. You know, we see players, I don't know if you know what a Normatec is, but, you know, Casemiro goes home and does his Normatec every single day. You know, like that kind of stuff, it should only take, like you said, five days at most. You know, you should miss a game at most for muscle fatigue. But, you know, looking, I do have his injury list up. This season, it's muscle injury 22 days. Then it was the minor knock four days, muscle fatigue 10 days, missing three games, and then now the muscular problems where he's missed four days. Games missed one. It's just, to me, that should all be one list, right? 
minor knock, muscle fatigue, muscular problems. They're just making stuff up at this point. I mean, he's just he's being an absolute diva, right? <laughs> like, dude, I laughed my ass off when I read that he's he's gonna travel to Leon to showcase his fucking Ballon d'Or to Leon fans, like. Dude, the after team missing struggling. games with us, by the way. Yeah, yeah. the team after is struggling and we're games. losing, and you want to celebrate your fucking Ballon d'Or to Leon. Like I, I understand Leon. Um, they, um, they, he, you, you developed through Leon and, and all that crap, but Real Madrid made you. I'm sorry that Real Madrid made you. Real Leon's academy made you, but Real Madrid made you the player that you are today. Real Madrid, like if you had stayed at Leon. <laughs> You would not have won Ballon d'Or. Let's not kill ourselves, right? You would not be the player that you are today. Um, I get presenting it. I understand it, but right, you know, do it when the team's doing well. Don't do it right now. You could have done it at the end of the season. You know, like you could have done it at the beginning of next season. Like, you know, I can think of a number of times you could have done it. Honestly, like I don't, for me, that, that celebration is absolutely necessary and you should have just said no, but you know, I have I've, I've always said I've always been convinced that Benzema is not as selfless and as people would like to uh, as people think. You, there's not there's no such thing as a selfless uh, football player. Um, back in the day, Benzema used to say that he doesn't care about individual rewards. He doesn't care about Pichichi. He doesn't care about the Ballon d'Or. He just wants collective uh, trophies. But Cristiano left, and guess what? He started caring. He started caring so much that he would play through injury. And now that he got what he wanted, he would rather sit on the bench and watch us, not even sit on the bench, sit at home, watch us lose, than, well, risk risk playing, risk not playing the World Cup. As captain which, of the team, too. That's, you know, to me, which yeah. is the, it's, that's the real kicker. That's That's the reason that it hurts me, is that, like, Modric is out here. He ain't resting for the World Cup. He's three years older than you, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, Modric is out here busting his ass, playing every single game. He missed one one game to recover for the World Cup. That's what they said, one game. He wanted to make sure he was fresh. He's played every single game since he missed that one game. And guess what? He'll probably play against Caddies as well, even though he probably shouldn't. And honestly, I wouldn't care if Modric didn't because that is a true captain right there, in my opinion. And that's someone that I should look up – that I would look up to. Um, any other thoughts on Benzema? Um, No. Not, not really. I just, I just, I really hope that he doesn't play against Cuddies. Uh, Me too. Just, just take the L at this point. Yeah, and honestly, right, right now, I, I just, I hope that France would get knocked out from the group stages. Just to, you know, that all the trouble that she's going through is actually meaningless. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Um, I, I've been adamant that I'm going to be rooting for. Brazil, but I usually root for Spain. If I see Sergio Ramos don the Spanish kit, it's gonna be hard. Not to, I'm gonna root for Sergio Ramos. I love that guy to death. Um, yeah. So moving on from that, I do want to talk about Tony Cruz and his absence and how it probably was. We lost a lot of control last game, and you know, part of the reason for that was just Tony Cruz not being around. Um, we really missed our long balls weren't great other than Militao, which I'll get to Militao because I thought he was fantastic yesterday. But 
Tony Cruz missing. It was a big miss. So I haven't I look in in my head. Tony Cruz is. I've, I've I've told you this. I rate Tony Cruz higher than I do Luka Modric in our midfield. I've always have, and I always will. Not to say that Modric is worse than Tony Cruz. I just rate Tony Cruz higher in our midfield because I think he's way more important to our game. To our game. Not to say that Luka Modric is it's. It's it's a it's a delicate situation, but I Cruz do is harder to replace. Great, yeah. What and Cruz does the, is harder to replace. Yeah, and it's, that's actually my second point. So, what I think we lacked last game is someone like Tony Cruz, and honest. And what we lack when Tony Cruz is not playing is someone who can control the tempo, someone who can carry the ball, tell tell the team to calm the fuck down, right? Slow down the play. And move up the pitch slowly, or someone who who tells the player to move faster, someone who will take control of the midfield. Lukumada used to be that guy alongside yeah. Tony Cruz, but he's just not anymore. So we just don't have someone who asks for the for the ball in the midfield when Tony Cruz is not here. Which is why when Tony Cruz is not playing. My idea is always to play someone like like Danny Ceballos, which I think if Danny Ceballos played last night, we would our midfield would have been so much better, so much faster, so much cleaner, so many so much cleaner. We'd have had, uh, we'd have controlled the ball more, um, simply because Danny uh, Danny Ceballos is the type of player who will move all over the pitch, ask for the ball, and that's the most important thing about Danny Ceballos. He always asks for the ball. Right, he doesn't wait for the ball. He asks for it. He moves and he asks for the ball, and he always makes the right pass. That's what, and he and he's really good in breaking down um, low blocks, low blocks. Which, which which wasn't is, yesterday which is, though. Yeah, I yeah, but still could have been used is, in transition. Like Rio, I believe. Yeah, thing the thing the, the thing with Rio is they played a very high line, and they pressed us. They pressed us so, so, so hard, right? L- like I've never seen in my entire life in La Liga. Rio played the game of their lives, and honestly, it was really good. To- it was as a Spanish as a Spanish football fan, it was really good to see. And as a Rio fan, like I, I, I love Rio Vallecano. I watch pretty much every every single game they play, and I was really impressed. Like I was sad that they were. You know, be, beating the shit out of Real Madrid, my favorite, favorite, favorite club. But at the same time, I was like, if Rio could play like that in every single La Liga game, they would be, they would be one of the best Spanish teams ever. Well, they, they would be. They definitely be the top four. But, but yeah, the, back to my point. They played a high line. They pressed us and. We just we could we couldn't we couldn't really get out of our own half. That was that was that was very sad to see. Like it was it was mm-hmm. it was miserable. Um, which is why I feel like a player like Danny Ceballos would have helped with that. Um, but you know it, di- it didn't happen. He didn't even come on as come on as a sub. Which brings me uh, to the second point that I want to talk about, which is Ancelotti's substitutions were very lackluster last night. 
I thought Mariano was a good sub. I honestly thought he should have came on sooner. And you know, you know me. I um, I know I've been saying that a lot, and I think Mariano Diaz is trash. But a game like this really called for a striker in the actual box. You know, um, something I will say about Rayo is their current coach name escapes me right now. He's when you look at his results against big clubs, they've been phenomenal. He tends to play really well against big clubs. I just think they struggle breaking down low blocks like the rest of La Liga does. Um. He gets really good results against good teams. He got a good result against Barcelona. Um, he's taken points from, I believe, Atletico as well. Maybe not this season, but I don't know how new he's been, but I thought I read that somewhere as well. Um, but this Rio team, they're a lot better than people give them credit for. Um, and they they press really well. Uh, and as you said, they just kind of lack a striker, which they will be getting here pretty soon with Raul de Tomos. And, you know, as a big coach person like me, um, I can't wait to see where their coach goes next because I doubt he's going to be at Rio very long. Um, he's someone that I would actually, after Carlo passes, I'd love Real Madrid to actually take a look at. Just give him an interview, see, you know, see if he has what it takes. Um, but they'll be scared to sign anyone that isn't, you know, the prototypical Real Madrid manager. Uh but I thought the Danny Ceballos would have been a great sub. Um, the problem was is that nobody really played well yesterday. I don't think a single person played well. Maybe Marco Asensio I thought was okay in the second half. Um, when we switched to a 4-2-3-1, he was really good. Um, but beyond that, or before that, I didn't really think he was anything special. Um, as I mentioned, Rodrigo was fucking abysmal. And then... You know, even you know what pissed me off. You want know Vinny fouling people. You know, I can deal with that because Vinny was getting hacked. But Rodrigo running through that guy's back after he got rid of the ball when we need a fucking goal—that pissed me the fuck off. I was hu—I was fuming, fuming, and I don't even want to get into that. I'm just gonna go back to Tony Cruz. This game really called called for. Called for a Tony Cruz who could play long balls, hit the switch of play. You know, they did a really good job of compressing the field in. You know, in our half, not letting us get out. But, you know, that was also in sync with probably Luka Modric's worst game I've ever seen in my life. Um, Fede Valverde and no show, which is very unheard of in recent times. Yeah, many was terrible. Shot, except when he shot the ball at someone's balcony. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, just, I think it's being sold for like. 200 euros on ebay really and shit like that yeah um true was god awful mendy probably his worst game carva halls had a rough go for it which is saying handful something of games now um i thought i actually thought millie Tao was really good i'm not gonna lie his balls over the top were good and then alaba's just been kind of quiet in recent time um Yeah, I. any thoughts on what I said? I, I would like to go through almost every single player. I want to play a game here, but any anything to add to what I said? Um. Well, I want to go back to uh to Rio for a bit. Okay. So yeah. their their coach is <laughs> uh, his name is Anthony Araula. He actually used to play for Athletic Bilbao, so I might I think My you might boy. recognize him. Yeah, I I know who he is. I just the name just escaped me in this time. Yeah, so, um, and they actually, actually, so, 
Raya Vallecano beat Barcelona home and away last season. And this season, they drew against Barcelona at Camp mm-hmm. Nou. And they beat a, a, they drew against Atletico Madrid at Wanda. And just just last last round, they beat Sevilla uh, at the Sanchez Pizjuan. 1-0. Yeah, 1-0. At home. They beat nice. I remember them beating them. I just didn't know where it was. Yeah, they're getting really good uh, results right now. I mean, just this season, the coach seems to be really having them fire on all cylinders. They are playing one of the best attacking football in all of Europe. And I've, I've gotten into arguments with people telling them that Rayo Vallecano play. That, that someone said that they play terrorist uh, football, and that made me laugh because it, it just, it's just it's an assumption because you assume that every single La Liga club plays that way. But if you watch Rayo Vallecano, they just say they simply don't do not play the way that most low like most low league teams do not play that way against each other. But um, like Ryo do not play that way against against bigger teams. They just don't. They don't sit back. Actually, if you watch Ryo Vallecano, they play very similar to how we play against bigger teams. They don't sit back, but they do press. They don't sit back, but they do let you have possession and then like a fucking snake they bite your ass out of nowhere um that that's how i believe we 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 play we play counterattacking football we do sometimes tend to um um rely on crossing um which is which is how we conceded the first goal um Great ball from Ferran Garcia, by the way. We'll get to that. I wanna, I'm going to save him for later. We can... God. Um, but yeah, just Rayo Vallecano, great, great team. I would, you, you and I have a bet that uh, I said that they were going to make top 10. Uh, and I, I think they're, they're in a good place right now. Let me, let me actually check um, the Little League table. Because I they're think probably they like up. seventh. They are... Eight, they oh, uh, close. Uh, they they're them and Athletic Bilbao have the same amount of points twenty one uh, twenty one points, um, but Atletico um, conceded less goals so they get the edge and Atletico did beat them as well, uh, but you know Rio are pretty pretty much unbeaten in the in the past five games. Yeah, uh, with they've been awesome. Three three wins. Yeah, zero draw, uh, two draws, zero zero losses. So they've been on good, great form, which is they're kind you know, of catching form at the wrong time. Unfortunately, you know, getting a month and a half off is gonna really yeah. Not but be great. also yeah, but also after one and a half month, they're gonna have one of the best the Thomas, Spanish yeah. strik- strikers available. Um, which Probably is exactly the best Spanish striker, in my opinion. I don't know. I think Alvaro Morata has been. Really good lately. And yeah, but I still like Raul de Tomas better, a little better. Yeah, but thing is, we, we're not we we don't get to watch Raul de Tomas anymore because he chose to go to Rio Vallecano after the transfer window ended. Yeah, <laughs> something fishy definitely went on there uh, at Espanol for that to happen. Um, yeah, 
because it doesn't really um, make a lot of sense. But Martin Braithwaite's playing well there, so I'm sure they don't really care that much. I'm sure they they get a transfer. I mean, obviously, they're going to get a transfer fee for him, so it's no big deal for them in their mind. But, you know, it, it hurts Raul de Thomas, who should have been probably in the Spain squad if he had continued his form over the past, like, three years. I mean, the dude literally gave up a World Cup just to move to Rio. Yeah. Uh, he, honestly, like, from, from what I heard, he had an offer from... Manchester United, but I don't I don't know what happened. Yeah, right. really, to be honest, I'm not taking um, that shit. <laughs> Are you? Because I'm fucking not. <laughs> um. But yeah, back to our squad and the, on our team, dude. Like, <sighs> I thought everyone was awful, even Militao. Like Militao was was decent, but <laughs> I, I thought everyone was bad. Marco Asensio. It's it's just it, it's interesting because. It, just, it seems when everyone is playing bad, Marco Asensio is playing well, um, which yeah, which I which I guess is which I guess makes sense because all you need to do is put in you know a bit more effort than everyone else if everyone everyone else is playing bad to you know look good, but yeah, I, I thought Asensio did well. He created a lot of chances and he did assist. Malotau's goal, and he did. He and he did get the penalty, which Rukumada screwed scored from. Um, I thought Mendy was the worst player on the pitch. Okay. Which let's. I'm gonna cut you off right there. Let's play a game first, okay? And it's gonna include Mendy, okay? So I'm just. You know how they do player ratings, right? I'm gonna. Okay. I'm just gonna ask you every single player in the squad. I want you to give them a player rating from the match, from the game. Okay. So right. I'll just start off with Mendy. What would you give him Zero. as his player rating from the game? Zero. I would give Zero. him like a one. It was that bad. Okay. Now, why would you give him a zero? Because, um, because he's okay. So because he didn't do his job. Because. He's a footballer who did not do his job because Messi, because Mendy was was useless. He wasn't good on defense. He obviously wasn't good on attack. He didn't help our team in any way, shape, or form. He actually put us at put us at risk multiple times. So there, he just he did nothing good. It's it's remarkable because I have ne- that's probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a single player in my entire life. Um, like sometimes players will be useless, but 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 he was more than useless. He was he, we played with um with ten men, but Ryo played with nine with twelve men. That's how bad Mendy was for me. So yeah, that's why he gets a zero. If and honestly, if there was a number lower than than zero, I would give Mendy less than zero. And uh, yeah, um, because you know he hasn't he hasn't really been helpful helpful at all. Yeah, so I that was probably the worst game I've ever seen Mendy play in my time as a Real Madrid fan. Um, and you know I'm not the biggest Mendy fan, um, but you know I can sit here and admit when he plays well. Uh, that being said, though. 
this has kind of been a long time coming. You know, he hasn't been good this season, and people have defended him and defended him and defended him and defended him. While, you know, people like you and I have been calling out what we consider, you know, bullshit. Um, and yeah, it kind of just, this is how the season has been for him in my head this entire season. Um, and it's probably why the club hasn't renewed him, I would guess. Um, but, you know, the giveaways, the constant giveaways were really bad. I mean, really bad. He was literally, you know, give. we would be hitting on a counter and he would just be passing the ball to nobody. And it would literally fall to the feet of a Rio player. Um and, you know, he was just, he was, you know, his clearances were really bad. I mean, we would have been better off playing with the Castillo left back. Um, we would have been better off playing with Marcelo at left back. We would have been better off playing with no left back and fucking playing Hazard there or something. Like, that's how much of a zero he was yesterday. Um, any other thoughts on Monday? I just hope that he leaves soon because I'm tired of him. That's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, Alaba, what would you give him as a rating? Uh, God, maybe like a four. Same. I don't see, it's, it's like I, I I didn't even notice him. That, that exactly. That I don't. Rem- <laughs> like, I don't remember seeing. I I remember seeing Alaba when he moved to left back. Yeah. But. Other than that, I, I don't really remember seeing Alaba that much, which is you know bad. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. Uh, Courtois. Ay ay ay. Okay, so I think Courtois gets like a six. Okay. For me. Um, the second goal. You think he should have saved that? Uh, I saw the replay, and okay, so. Because the ball moved, the cross moved so fast, and the shot was so powerful. I don't. I, I. It's. It's a very. It's very tough to judge. But you know, I don't. I don't blame Courtois for it. Okay. I um, know it would have been a Courtois save. Like if he had he saved that, it would have been a Courtois. Like Courtois could have saved it, but at the same time, it was. So so difficult to say that I don't blame him for it. So I heard a lot of people say you can't get beat at your near post. And though I don't really, I, I understand that sentiment. I don't really agree with that sentiment in that shot. Right. To me, obviously you shoot near post. I'm coming across, you know, and you have no, you can't shoot far post cause I have defenders there. Um, I do believe Courtois should have saved it, but only because it's Thibaut Courtois, right? If that was Lunin in net and Lunin let that in, I wouldn't probably be upset about it. Um, I'd probably give him a four or five. Four, I'll give him a 4.5 um, just because it was probably his worst game, I think, in a Real Madrid shirt. And that says a lot because he got a lot of hate his first season, though I didn't really think he was as bad as people made it out to be his first season. But he definitely wasn't the Tebow that we've come to see for the last two seasons, you know? Um, any thoughts on anything I said? Disagreements? Um, just that it was just, you know, to add to what you said, it was just 
Like I played as a goalkeeper, and mm-hmm. when you okay, so just just having the it was a very it was a very uh, tricky shot. It was even if it was even if it was near post, just shot a shot that powerful from 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 close range. It's really difficult to save. Um, I. Like I, if there's someone to blame, honestly, it's just it, it's our defense for even letting that ball into our box to be to begin with. Even letting him ever having that space to shoot, that was that was mm-hmm. honestly was just ridiculous. Okay, um, Militao rating. Um, I give him a six as well. Same. That's what I would give him. Um, any thoughts on anything that he did specifically? The goal was nice. The long balls were nice. Yeah, I mean, didn't really that, think that, he that's... was bad defensively, so to speak. You know, like I can't sit there and be like, "Oh, Militao was lazy on this play, so that's why they scored." You know, honestly, like thing is, I can't blame Militao or Alaba for anything. I think our wing backs were the ones were bad who, who made our yeah. defense look so shitty. But Alaba and Militao, they didn't really make any errors. Um, they just they couldn't get any help from our wing backs and um and Chua Many was left for dead in so many situations yeah. because our midfield provided zero defensive coverage. Um which actually makes me miss Tony Cruz, which is which is honestly funny. We're I'm missing Tony Cruz because he provided defensive coverage that our two uh, two center mids in that game, that specific game, Luka Modric and Fede Valverde did not provide, which is, mm-hmm. honestly, I never expected, <laughs> never expected yeah. to Tony Cruz because of his defensive yeah. coverage. But, yeah. Uh, Nacho as a sub, you can give him no rating if you felt like, you know, there wasn't enough to say. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to give him a tangent because he's Nacho and I love him. Okay, so. that's fair, that's fair. I didn't, you know, nothing to speak about, but nothing really terrible either. Um... I will say Alaba, going back to Alaba, as a left back was much that helped his rating for me than, you know, his center back performance. Um that wasn't bad, but it also wasn't good. Um Carvel Hall, probably just as bad as Mendy. Um God no. No, 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 no. But but for me there's just no one was worse than Mendy, so I'm just gonna give him a one because I gave Mendy as Mendy as zero, so I'm just gonna give Carvajal a one. Yeah, it was he was bad. Um I agree with the one for sure. Not he, only did he give away a pen, he also gave away a second pen. Yeah. The pen he entered the f- penalty box and gave away another. Yeah, he pretty much he's a hundred percent at fault for that goal. Um, did you see Tebow's comments just calling out Danny for going early? Yeah, I mean, I mean they, I'm, I'm pretty sure they asked him, you know, what, why he, what he thought the, uh, they, they, they had redone the, uh, the penalty, um, and you know he, he, he just said, you know, um, that it was a fair decision because Carvajal. Did the stupidest thing that any any defender could do. And yeah, he. I I don't understand why he did it. Um, it was fucking stupid. Like yeah, but whatever. At this point, it's just whatever, right? Yeah, uh, he gave away Can't the pen. 
He just he wanted he wanted Ryo to score so 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 bad that he had to give him two pens. Which was a clear pen, by the way. It was it was clearly a pen for me. Um, Yeah, I didn't think there was any questions. Um, And then Lucas Vasquez. No God. Uh, (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. Minus two. Yeah, he was really bad. Um, very bad, especially because he came on and didn't. You know, Danny was bad, but somehow, you know, we made this up and it didn't get any better. No, no, no. It probably no. got worse. Um, the constant giveaways with the crosses is what really kills me. Um, and then Chuameni. His worst game with Real Madrid yeah. since he came. And I can't really blame him because, like I said, he was left for dead so many in so many instances. Um, he did not... No one helped him in the midfield. He was all mm-hmm. alone, um, and he just came back from injury. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was really tough. Um, so I'm just gonna give. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a three. Yeah, uh, I do believe personally the first goal is probably his man to mark. I know Luca was closer, but if he was in a better position initially, that's his man. Um, so I'm not gonna blame him because it was a great finish. I can't even be mad at Courtois, even though. Yeah, I mean, like, it wasn't the best shot, but, like, it, it was not an easy shot to save. Um, and a great ball by Fran Garcia. Um, Kamavinga came on as a holding afterwards. Uh, I didn't really notice him. <laughs> he was pretty uh, bad. I, yeah, I mean, everyone was bad. Like, I would I would just give the, the team an overall rating of zero. Honestly, I, like fuck rating them individually, just give them all a zero. Luca, you know, scores the goal, but I I think I counted like th- four missed passes in like a thirty second span. So they they it was easy. It was very easy to stop our midfield um, entirely if you just stop Luca Modric, and that's what managers tend to do when they want to stop us. They Man mark, they manhandle our midfielders. Um, usually, Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, but in this situation, it was Fede Valverde and Luka Modric, and it was very, very, very easy. Because, like I said, like I told you, I Luka Modric plays better on the right because he would he combines with Danny Carvajal. He played on the left, and he couldn't combine with anyone because yeah. Mendy is useless. Um, like if you go back and watch the game against Liverpool, um, and that play before our our goal, it was like that goal. I've always said it was just ninety percent Luka Modric and Carvajal moving down that right hand side, op- opening spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you know they they do it more often than people think. And yeah. it helps us a lot in the buildup, which is something that, you know, like I said, you just you can't do with Mendy. Um, but yeah, Luka Modric, it was the first game that I felt like Luka Modric was 37. Um, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. But I would give him like a four. 
I'm be- I'm being very generous just because he's the commander, but I'm giving him a four. Yeah, I'd probably be in about the same range for that. I don't really have anything to add. Um, the penalty was nice, and it was nice to see. You know, you know, he's very good at taking penalties, so it was a good way, and it changed it changed the game. And then we went into halftime up to one, and then just imploded again when we hit the pitch. Um, Vallecas is a stadium I want to go to one day just because it's so. Yes, the same. fans are great. Um. Our other midfielder, uh, Fede, in the midfield today, not on the wing. Oh God, dude! I it's it's really hard to give him ratings because I I fail to remember seeing our players do anything like anything like in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Fede Valverde doing anything. I I I, I fail and that's to bad. That's bad. Fede take, taking a shot. Or making a key pass. He had one or... good shot, and it was early on. Dude, I don't even remember that. I just remember, <laughs> I just remember his horrendous shot that landed yeah. uh, through a balcony. Uh, but dude, imagine living, <laughs> imagine living in that in that balcony. <clears throat> Not just because. That ball landed in your balcony, but simply just watching every Ryo game from that, that watching that game from a balcony somewhere, and that's that's got to be insane. Like apparently, much- apparently, all the people that live in those apartments are all Ryo. Like they all have season tickets. I mean, so they don't watch from the balcony. So they well, because they the the environment apparently. Um, that's what Ewan was saying when he interviewed people that lived in there. Apparently, they all, you know attend the matches and stuff and all of season tickets because you know the they like the environment they like being closer to the pitch he was like he, the way he put it is that you had to be you know as a football fan like that would be great but as a rio fan you know you want to be on the field or close to the field close to the pitch um i kind of understood it i'm not gonna lie i mean they should sell their houses then sell these apartments <laughs> yeah um asensio a seven. A seven, yeah, that's what I would give him. Which is bad. Yeah. <laughs> never have never had a never had a thought that I would give Essentia the highest rating in any game. It's not even a good rating though. Like it's like that's like No, no, I think I think seven is a is a decent rating. Yeah, it's okay. It's not like, oh my god, you were so good this game. Um any thoughts on Asensio's game? Um, I thought he was really good in compared to the other players. Um, I think he was pretty much our only, um, like he, I think he created three chances. So I would say he's only our only creative player. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I think our game game plan, um, near the end of the game was to to cross the ball, which is you know what we do, uh, Asensio moved to the left and he just started hammering crosses. One of them, one of them, landed perfectly for Rodrigo and he yep. bluffed it. Um, yeah, yeah. So Marco Asensio got the got the pen. Marco Asensio assisted the second goal, which you know it was a corner. Uh, it, like I don't, I'm not, I. I I know it's an assist, but it's not a real assist yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, you it's a, a corner. It can 
anyone can can like anyone can assist from a corner. It's not it's not an actual assist in my opinion. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, he he did get an assist and he did create three chances. So you know, and that's I not thought- us knocking. You know, if you get an assist on a corner, it's just not the same as if. You know, you have time to sit there, put the ball down, and, you know, assess where you want to put it, you know. And any professional footballer should be able to pinpoint that kind of ball to the spot where they want nine times out of ten. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, we're not, like, talking about a a corner specialist like Tony Cruz, for example, who who legit who – can, who can actually pick out uh, individual players – to cross to and give an actual assist, like the number of times that Tony Cruz handpicked Sergio Ramos from across, uh, from a corner to to score from, and like at at one point in the uh, 2016 2017 season, it was so consistent that honestly I thought we were cheating somewhere somehow. Like it had to be cheating. Ramos was doing it day in and day out. It was actually ridiculous. Um, you had you had to be there just to experience just how yeah. scary a corner from Real Madrid was. Tony Cruz taking a corner, uh, uh, Sergio Ramos in the box. That was Ronaldo in the box, Bale in the box, Benzema in the box. You know, not Benzema. potentially, not Benzema. Dude, I would in that <laughs> setting, I would say Alvaro Morata. He was more dangerous. Well, from, from, I mean, from I'm just saying that you had Benzema is still a good header of the ball. I'm just pinpointing that you know Varane can also get his head on <laughs> balls, and you know. So it's very hard to man mark. You know, it's very hard to be like, okay, so, you know, let's close down Ronaldo and Bale and then, you know, you still have to deal with Ramos or, you know, let's let's close down Ramos, Bale, Ronaldo. Okay, we still have to deal with a tall player who's good at heading in Veron. Or Casemiro was also very good at, you know, he's good at heading the ball. Um, I'll get to that. I was going to say something, but um, let's just finish this up. Rodrigo. Oh Jesus Christ! Honestly, like I will give Vinicius and Rodrigo the same rating, and that rating would be a two point five. Okay, uh, your reasoning for Rodrigo just missing chances constantly. Yeah, and the fact that he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he and he and he got a f- stupid yellow that he shouldn't have gotten. Um, he just got angry for no reason. That was. Unprofessional and stupid, mm-hmm. and yeah, just just immature, un- un- unacceptable behavior in my opinion. Um, same thing goes for Vinicius. Um, I honestly like it's not just Vinicius missing chances; it's Vinicius not being Vinicius. Like, yeah, he doesn't. He can't even dribble past players anymore. He's just, he's not focused enough. He's he's distracted, like. I'm okay with Vinicius missing chances as long as he's being dangerous somehow, but he wasn't dangerous at all. Like he only attempted two dribbles, and both of them were unsuccessful. He only had th- 33 touches. He only had 18 accurate passes, and he played 90 over 90 minutes. He played 89 minutes with it, with it, with extra time. Um, so he only he he what just one cross and it was unsuccessful. Only won seven ground duels. It's just he lost possession eighteen times, which is atrocious when he had only thirty-three touches. Like that's yeah, that's very bad. It's awful. He it was an awful game from from Vinicius. One that I hope 
Like I hope just Vinicius would just come back to how he how he was before the whole uh, re- racism fiasco. Yeah, like with Madrid, he hasn't been the same ever since. He's just he's he's too distracted. And honestly, like what ha- like what I know what happened is after what ha- after the um the trouble that he had with Atletico fans, it became so much so much easier to get into his head. Um, because pl- players know, players now know, fans now know what bothers him, what makes him tick. So they know exactly what to say to, to piss him off. Yeah. And, and actually, there's something I want to talk about. So, uh, let me get the quote from... Well, you get that, you know, I'm just going to say one part, one thing about it. Um, yeah. You know, the the other players are purposely trying to piss him off. And, you know, I don't want to get into a Vinicius thing, but him yelling at the ref, I don't really have a problem with it, but I do have a problem with it when it affects the team. And after that moment, you know, the ref was letting a lot go. I even texted you, man, he's letting a lot go. After that moment, anytime it was a 50-50 foul, we got called for the foul. Anytime there was a little touch, we got called. Anytime Vinicius got killed... They didn't call it. He literally at one point got pushed over by two guys and didn't call it. That is what happens when you complain to the refs too much. And, you know, this whole flopping fiasco, I don't mind flopping, but like, you know, this whole narrative that you 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 are a flopper is screwing the squad over because you are clearly getting upset, you are committing fouls, and you are flopping, and you're not getting any calls, and you're not focused on the game, and, you know, we don't know what was said to him. I don't mind him getting mad. I don't mind him pushing, but, you know, there comes a point where, and I hate the Madrid fans are like, it's embarrassing. You know what? You don't know what fucking was said to him. You don't know what's going on, but, you know, there does come a point where, you know, they do make a point, and something I resonate with is that you know what, you're a footballer. Let's focus on football right now. You know what, we don't want to make this about race. We don't want to make this about you know you. You are not you are not the only part of this team. You are a major part of this team, but you are not the only part of this team. Um, and you know that being said. We were out of control yesterday, and it all stemmed from Vinicius. You know. The guys were frustrated, so they were committing fouls, but it all stemmed from Vinicius getting, you know, fouling people. That's why Rodrigo fouled that guy, you know, but they're kids, but they got to keep their heads. They got to keep their heads, man. Like we played exactly, that's exactly what Ryo wanted. That's why they kept fouling you, Vinicius. Don't you understand that? They kept fouling you because they knew it pissed you off. And guess what? Vinicius could have easily got sent, you know, after he got that yellow, which shouldn't have been a yellow. He could have easily got a second yellow for descent. Just as easy as he got the first yellow. And then, then we would have been playing with 10 men, you know, and that's what bothers me about it. You know what, Vinicius, I am always going to have your back. I'm always going to root for you. I'm always going to, want you to succeed but i don't you know but when you put this your problems in front of the success of the team that's when i start having issues i i'm sorry for that little mini rant and you know you can say the quote that Bayou said and then respond if you want so Ryu's right back who was you know mainly responsible for marking venus his name is ivan Bayo. 
he said it's hard to stop players like Vinicius. You had to look for those those uh, little tricks or the other kind of football. I tried to go strong, mark territory, and everything went well. And what he means by little tricks or that other kind of football is hitting Vinicius twice with both hands, pushing Vinicius on the ground. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, the, 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 the person who pushed him was... Um, Isu. Isi, yeah. Isi, how do um, you say it? Um, but yeah, he did. He did hit Vinicius uh, with the back of in the back of uh, the head with both hands, and the ref did nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the reason he didn't get those calls though is because of the initial yelling at him. Yeah, but that's I like if you watched the uh, the Betis Sevilla derby the the night before, VAR intervened four times. And there were four red cards, and each red card, um, the team pleaded. They they didn't initially give any red cards, but then the teams pleaded. The team pleaded, and they had to review VAR, and that's that's four red cards. That's a red card hitting someone in, in the back of the head intentionally out of play. That's a red card. There's no questions about it. That's a that's a straight red card, right? So I don't know why VAR didn't review it. I, I, I don't understand. Like I would understand if it was like a foul, you know. He just Vinicius pisses you off. He's he's getting into a into a, the um the ref's head uh, or face. Um, he's the the ref doesn't like him. It does. I I don't know. Like I don't know, but what I do know is, um, that was that was that was a straight red, and and if, and what bothers me is the player himself admitted it, right? Like in no other league in the world would you, um, would a player say that he had to resort to other other ways of football, um, other tricks, which is which alludes to hitting producers, pisses mm-hmm. pissing uh, producers off intentionally um and physic physically uh, abusing him um in other other in any other league in the world that would that would get you suspended yeah that would get you suspended but not in a league apparently you can you can say that you, you abuse player players you can um you can hit players in the back of the head and receive nothing just last year, Marcelo's hair was was pulled into in the uh, in the penalty box, and we got we, we didn't get a pen, no red cards, no nothing. Um, so yeah, it's just it's. it's I'll just, tell you why like, it wasn't called though, and why it didn't go to VAR. He okay. didn't even want to go for the penalty because he was looking to screw us that entire game. He, you know, it's up, to, you know, the guy in the ear can say, yo, you need to go look at VAR, but like he doesn't have to, if he doesn't want to, you know what I'm saying? And from the moment Vinicius yelled at that ref, he, he had an agenda against us. And I hate talking about refs and I don't want to blame the ref because guess what? We could have easily won that game. But the reason we didn't get any calls was because of Vinicius bitching at the ref. 
Anyone that has played sports at a high level knows that you want to have a good relationship with the refs because guess what? When you do bitch and complain at them, you know, they're just going to put it, put it to the side as a motion, right? That's why it's very important to have good relationships with any referee because, you know, when you say, oh, man, what the fuck was that? They're just going to be like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I know he's just angry, you know, but when you're in the ref's face yelling at him for 20 minutes, that ref is going to control that game however he wants. And you know what? It's really up to him to go to VAR. He can be told, yo, you need to check this for VAR. How long did it take him to go check VAR on a clear penalty? It took him like three minutes. He was standing there like, la-di-da-di-da. Like, and they're like, yo, dude, like, I know you don't want to check VAR, but you really got to check VAR on this one because like, it's a clear fucking pen. And he's like, fuck, man. Like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, you got to go check VAR. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's – it fucked us. Honest to God, it fucked us. Vinicius fucked us yesterday. He's my favorite player right now on the team. He fucked us yesterday, man. He really did. I hate to say it, but he really did. I mean, it's just... <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's really hard to control your emotions in games like this, uh, especially after what he went through. But that's what playing for Real Madrid means. Just, you just have to control your emotions in situations like this, um, especially early and on. And I hate to say it, it's the curse of being black as well. It is. I you mean, know, I, and I, I hate just, bringing up just, race into this, but, you know, people I mean, look, just in, see that in, and they're like, oh, it's another black man freaking out, you know, and that's I mean, terrible, in, but. In last, in, in last night's game, I hoped, like, I wish we had Rudiger on the pitch because. Mm-hmm. I was going to get to Vinicius, that, yeah. Yeah, as much as Vinicius was, you know, acting like a brat in some way. He and was. He was. He was getting on on the ref's nerves and getting into his face and, and all that shit. But our hey, Vinicius did get receive a lot of abuse, abuse both physical mm-hmm. and verbal. But none of our plays did anything. They just stood there, nope. like fucking morons. No one helped. Nope. No one even helped him up when he when he got pushed to the ground. No one. No one got into um. The uh, the Rio player's face for pushing him on the ground. No one pleaded to the ref. No one did anything. They just yeah. No one does anything to defend Vinicius or Rodrigo or or anyone actually. They mm-hmm. they, they don't defend anyone. I, honestly, that that's the one thing that I miss about having Ramos in the team because he always defended our players and, and Casemiro. Yeah, and and you say that uh, Benzema. Uh, shouldn't be our captain anymore. Honestly, I never believed that Benzema was our captain because he does nothing a captain a captain would normally do. He doesn't defend our players. He just he just stands there like a fucking moron, waiting for the for the play to continue. Just that's not what captains do, man. Like honestly, like e- honestly, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Even if she, even if Vinicius is in the wrong, he got pushed to the ground. You go there. And you push the Ryo player on the ground and yeah. tell him to shut the fuck up and to respect my fucking players. That's what I would do. I don't care if you get a yellow card. I don't care if you get on the uh, ref's nerves. You defend your players so they don't. Mm-hmm. So that to so the opposition players would know that they have someone to to back them. So 
so they don't push them on the ground and know full well that they will receive zero consequences because because refs are already against us. So they they won't do anything. So when our own players don't do anything, it just makes it worse. We're, we look like pussies. Yeah. Um, it would have been a clear day for Rudiger to start. A- you know, after all that stuff got – after all that stuff happened, you know, I would have been like, yo, Rudiger, like, I need you in there. Like, we're going to – Mendy's having a shitter. Let's pull him out, Mavalba. I need you at center back because I need someone to stand up for our players right now. Go in, take someone the fuck out. Like – get a yellow card. I don't care. Like I need, you know, I need to send a message. Um, and that message wasn't sent. And, you know, <sighs> Spain is a very racist place. This is well documented. Um, Europe is a very racist place. And, you know, I don't like talking about race just because it's a different point, but, you know, Vinicius has dealt with racism this year and, you know, the club and Carlo really hasn't done much about it. And, you know, I don't expect them to because, you know, they don't, you know, they don't want to get into that kind of battle, which I get. Um, But that doesn't mean that Vinicius should be treated the way that he has been these past couple months, honestly. And it's really, it's affecting his game and, you know, it's really unfair. And I hope he goes to the world cup, puts it all behind him, comes back and, you know, starts anew. Um, but having a person like Casemiro, Rudiger, Ramos in the lineup yesterday would have saved all that. And, you know, I was getting really pissed at the way that the Rio players were treating Vinicius. I was getting really pissed at the way that everything was happening. Um, just because it didn't have to happen that way. You know, like if we would have, like Milner steps on Benzema's ankle and then he gets fucking murdered by Casemiro. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we had something there to prevent that, prevent Vinny getting treated the way he did, this whole thing would have changed. And to me, it's why Rudiger has to be a starter because we need someone out there that's going to stand up for our players. And it's something that's not happening right now. And it's really, it makes me sick to my fucking stomach that this is even a talking point. You know what I'm saying? That Vinny is getting treated poorly, you know, because of the dancing, because of the flicks, because of everything, and I hate to talk about race, but you know, no one gave a shit when Griezmann did it. No one gave, no one gives a shit when you know people only talk shit on Neymar for flopping, but you know, no one talks about Mo Salah flopping. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Mo Salah is not even, he's not. I mean, he's a colored person as well, but you know, it's more so like just picking on Brazilians, and I don't really know. I'm just. I know we went a little off topic here, but, you know, it's something that I think needs to be discussed and, you know, needs to be seen by all of our fans of the game. Um, I even had this conversation with a friend last night, and, you know, I don't know if you know who Lamar Jackson is, but he's an NFL quarterback. He plays for my Baltimore Ravens. I don't really care about the NFL, but, you know, he gets disrespected a lot, and I didn't want to be like, oh, he gets disrespected because he's black, but I was like, yeah, he gets disrespected because he's kind of ghetto, which he is. You should listen to him talk. Um, he's from like the sticks of Florida um, and, you know, other, but there, you know, my friend who's an Eagles fan said, he's like, nah, he's like, it's, it's cause he's black, bro. 
he's like Jalen Hurts, who plays for his Eagles, gets the same kind of treatment. And he's very well educated and like talks like very properly. Not that Lamar's not well educated, but Lamar is well educated. He went to Louisville. He graduated. He didn't graduate, but you know he did three years at Louisville. Um, actually, I think he did graduate. And then he comes to the NFL and, you know, he's still treated like shit and he's improving every single year. And, you know, he gets treated differently because he's a black quarterback where black quarterbacks are, or, you know, quarterbacks are supposed to be like a super, and I'm putting this in quotations, intelligent position. It's not supposed to be your freak athletes, right? But Lamar's a freak athlete and that's kind of why he gets shit on. And it's really shitty that, you know, this is even a conversation and people subconsciously say things and do things that they don't that they just equate you know what i'm saying yeah i I get it totally get it um i guess we can move on from that and just talk about fran garcia right and get to a little bit something more a little happy ex-madzardista probably still a madzardista but other than giving up the pen, which, you know, was a tough go for him, honestly, honest to God. What a fantastic game. I mean, he's just, you know, we talk about auditions for players. I mean, what an audition for Real Madrid. I mean, this guy, he should be our left back, honest to God. Now, I, I, you watch a lot of Rio. You can attest to this. I've watched a decent amount of Rio this year, a handful of games. You know, they've played what? We've played like, what, 14 games? So I've watched like five games. I mean, what a fantastic player. He's been the best left back in La Liga this season. Um, but, dude, it's it's really hard as a, as, a, as a left back to find that balance between being um, between defense and offense. But somehow, Ferran Torres is perfect at both. He, he's not. Fran Garcia. Not, you said Fran Torres. Fran Garcia. Yeah, yeah. I always mix them. Mix them. <laughs> Fran Garcia. Fran Garcia is. Um, he found that balance. It, he does it so perfect. Um, so he's not the type of uh, left back that you would find in the opposition's box. You know, he doesn't overlap that much. But he is the type of left back who would assist. Um. It would assist two goals in, in one game just by crossing the ball perfectly in the opposition's box or in, on the edge of the box like he did uh, last night. Um, defensive, defensively, he's, he's, he's amazing. He's improved so much since last, since last season. Um, Which he was one of I the think, best left backs in La Liga last season, and he's improved this season. Yes. Um so, I mean, it it was perfect because it was Mendy's worst game and it was Fran's best game, right? So you could see just how different they are and how and which player who which player actually deserves to play for Real Madrid, which player actually deserves to start for Real Madrid, a player who can find balance between you know defense and being reliable in in the in the back and being helpful up front right like seeing Franger see it, it, it's it's like our fans always believe believed it well 
Mendy is a defensive left back. He's the best defensive left back in the world, blah, 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 blah. Yes, he doesn't overlap a lot, but he helps in defense. Well, watching Fran Fran Garcia, um, it proves that, you know, you can find balance between both. You, You can be defensively reliable, and you can actually be helpful to your team when your team needs you and your team needs to like uh, honestly like all we need all we really need is a, is, a, is a left back who overlaps and who can cross right we don't need like a, a second marcelo not necessarily right we don't need you know marcelo was a different breed there will never be another marcelo ever right um but you know I would say Ferran Garcia, and before Ferran Garcia, it was Rigalon. They're the, they're the type of left backs that they can do so much more than Mendy can do, right? Also mm-hmm. Miguel, also Miguel. Yeah. Like Miguel's been amazing with uh with Girona. Girona. Um, like I would be I would be okay with either Miguel or Fran uh, coming back, but at the moment I'm gonna give the edge to Fran because um, he's just more experienced. Like he he's had an amazing game against Real Madrid. He's had a, a, an amazing game, game against Sevilla, Atletico Madrid. Um, although he did give away a goal against against Atletico, but you know it is what it is. Um, he had an amazing game against Sevilla. Um, so he always performs well in big games. Um, so yeah, he's just an amazing player, and I I honestly. And for five for five mil for for either five mil or ten mil, I don't remember exactly, but either way, that's dirt cheap for how much he he's actually worth. Um, yeah, we can have him back, and for me, it's a no brainer. It's an absolute no brainer for me as well. I think it's really important that if you're going to keep Mendy to give him some sort of competition, he really doesn't have any. He hasn't ever had competition here. Marcelo was way past it when he really started becoming, you know, when he he came in, he started immediately. Regulon didn't get that treatment. Zidane actually benched Regulon. Um, and there might be some other reasons to that from inside sources that I have, which I won't even go into, but yeah, I think Fran Garcia should be someone the club should be looking at legitimately to replace Mendy, or at least give Mendy some competition. Guess what? If Fran Garcia fails to replace Mendy, you know what? I'll sit here and be like, hey, at least we gave it a shot. You know, but he hasn't had proper competition. That's all I want is I want someone to compete with him for the position. Any closing thoughts? No. Um, just it. I think, uh, I think we really need another left back. I just, I can't, I don't see Mendy being here long term, and I do not want to see Mendy being here long term. I don't think he'll be good for the team. I just, I just don't, I don't think he's good enough. And, uh, and yeah, if, if, if he's also not young, he's 27, you know, like, yeah. Like if, if we if you want to sell him if you want to get some money for him it's now like next summer is uh, is when you should sell. 
Yeah, and, and this is uh, someone that really doesn't even get called up to the French national team either. So it's not – it's you know, the only people that rate him are Real Madrid fans. Yeah, Real Madrid fans that love Zidane and love French French players. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Frank Garcia, I think he would be a great addition. Um, and I, like, I would love to have another Castilla player. Uh, playing for Real Madrid, I were or you know the Fabrica um, product yeah. playing for Real Madrid, like Danny Carvajal, like Nacho. Um, I just love having these types of players because they they just they're pure Real Madrid fans. They play purely for the badge, mm-hmm. and we don't have any. And to compete in UCL, you need a certain amount of people on your squad that are from your academy. Um, it's like I think it's like five, which is I guess is part of the reason we keep certain people around. Um, but you can always just get that number with adding Castilla players, which is normally how most teams, at least how we've done it in the past. Because you know you look at our roster, I think we only have three players from our academy, right? Lucas Vasquez, I guess no. I mean, Fede would probably count. Fede would count. Lucas Vasquez, Nacho, Carvajal. And then usually a backup goalkeeper, you know, there's your five right there. So no big deal either way. Um, any other thoughts? Anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, no, mm, that's it for me. That's it for me just as well. Hope that, just hope that Osasuna give us some help tonight. It'll like be a good Osasuna. game. It'll be a good game. Yeah, I'm been, watching yeah, for they've sure. Yeah, been, they've, been, they've been great this season. And, you know, it's yeah. an away game for Barcelona playing at Pampalona. That's that's going to be that's gonna be a really, really tough game for Barcelona. But, you know, I Plus, I Jimmy's that, a beast. Jimmy Alves yeah, is just, fucking amazing. Yeah, Osasuna's been really good this season. Um, but I'm not going to be too hopeful because what I do know is Spanish teams – even teams that play will always work for Barcelona, except us. We're the only team that does not let Barcelona get away easy. But yeah, you know, I, I don't really expect that from any other team. But you know, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least hope that you know they at least draw, because I would really like to go into the World Cup um, in first place. I would really, really like that to happen. Yeah, I think it's important. Well, if that's all. Thank you all for listening yeah. to La Casa Blanca podcast. Follow us on Twitter at La Casa Blanca pod. And thank you all for listening. We play Thursday against Cadiz. Hopefully we go out on a high note before the World Cup. And then we'll be doing World Cup stuff. Uh, we'll be linking up to do probably a World Cup preview here pretty soon. Thank you all for listening. Hello, Madrid.